We're talking about esports and the fact that the IOC is considering they're in talks right now, trying to figure out if they are going to let esports in to the 2024 games as a demonstration sport. And that's how a lot of sports get into uh, the Olympics. We're joined now by Charlie Watson, who's founder, owner, and uh, CEO of Set to Destroy X. It is a uh, professional Canadian esports organization. Hey, Charlie, welcome to the show. Hi, Kelly. Thank you very much for having us. Hey, thanks for being here. Um, give us an idea of how popular esports are right now. Well, it's, a, it's a, incredibly popular, especially with uh, with everything that's been happening with the, the battle royale genre, such as Fortnite and H1Z1 and PUBG, uh, really over the last uh, year and a half to two years here. Um, it's it, it's it's everywhere. So it's it's you know back in the day it was always console gaming like Sega or Nintendo, but it, it's a lot more accessible now. So it's you know there's there's mobile mobile esports uh, titles, Nintendo Switch, you know your your Xboxes and your Playstations, and obviously your PC gaming as well. So it, it's incredibly popular right now. Um, it, it has well north of uh, of 250 million enthusiasts worldwide. Um, and and once again, we're we're already in a billion dollar market uh, marketplace uh, here in 2018 as well. Do you think it's be- it's become so uh, popular because now it's even more competitive? You know, when video games started, and I don't want to date myself, but I am a Gen Xer. When video games started, we were playing against the machine. You know, much like a you know playing pinball, you're playing against the machine. Now you're playing with other people, so there could be up to a hundred competitors. You know, in some of these games, like you mentioned, Fortnite. You know, you play until you're the last man standing, and you're playing people from all over the world. Yeah, so I, I'd like to believe that it's always been competitive. I just believe that, you know, just the the, the interface and, and once again the games and, and how everything's progressed over the last couple uh, decades here has just allowed us to take advantage of the competitiveness of it. Um, so once again, you know, when, when I was going back to just myself growing up and, you know, playing, you know, uh, NHL 94 on Sega and, and, and playing my friends, like we were always competitive and now it's just, broadens that uh, ability for us to to compete with people all over the world so i remember when i was in college and and you were on dial up and and once again uh, just trying to connect with someone to play you know that was even in your own province was was next to impossible and and nowadays this is this is the complete norm so uh yeah i think the competitiveness has always been there um and i think that drive has also been from you know, having million-dollar purses um, or, or very high, um, you know, prize pools for pro leagues and, and events and, uh, and and franchise league spots as well. So I believe that that's always been there. We're just it, taking advantage of it now. I was reading that parents now are getting tutors for their uh, children for to play Fortnite. Yep. Uh, and, and I wouldn't just say it's, it's just for Fortnite. It's just, once again, because of the, the popularity of Fortnite really over the last, um, you know, quite some time now, but... Um, that those articles are starting to become very mainstream because that's with the popularity, obviously. Um, but there's always been coaches, there's always been managers, there's always been ways to develop. How do you coach and manage, you know, uh, video game players? I mean, it se- Charlie, I don't want to sound, you know, like I'm a Luddite here, but it seems kind of absurd to the average person that, you know, isn't well-versed in the area of esports. So maybe delve into that a little bit. Yeah, so, um, so once again... Uh, an age range for a competitive gamer that's uh, signed to an organization such as uh, Set the Destroy X. So it could be anywhere from 18 to, you know, usually around 25 or 26 is, is the age range. 
Um, but these are individuals, and it just comes down to education. So we, we, we determine what is still needed to be developed, what are the weaknesses, what are the strengths. Um, and then ultimately we find other individuals that were prior pros or individuals that have won at a, at a very high level. And these are individuals that will literally get into online you know, conversations and review their, their videos and, and watch them play live and, and obviously work on their strategies and, and, you know, areas that they need to improve on. So it's not unlike tra- traditional sports here, Kelly. It's, you know, once again, Set the Destroy X and, and how we run our business has been widely compared to Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment hmm. just down the road from me there. But uh, once again, we forecast, we, we analyze players, we recruit, we develop, we negotiate, and we determine, you know, where they are. You know, are these, you know, amateur players, are they semi-pro, are they pro? And, and you know, determine what's needed to ultimately get them up to a level that, you know, is, is, uh, is successful. When you first started talking about coaches, I thought, you know, back to my experience with video games limited, and it's, you know, back in the day when I was a kid and they weren't, uh, very advanced video games but you know uh, I would think a coach would be you know the guy who's sitting next to you saying if you want to get to the next level like here's what you do to get to the next level but it seems that you're talking about strategies here is that the difference between video games have they invo- evolved so much that you actually have to employ strategies now yeah of course you do and it's as I said it's, it's not unlike you know traditional sports like you have to understand your competitor and and you know a lot of people would say they're their enemy but ultimately who they're playing against. And that's, you know, that's going into their Twitch streams. That's looking at their YouTube videos. That's, that's practicing and scrimming against them, as they say. And um, once again, I got to stop you for a second. What's a Twitch stream? So Twitch is the the largest broadcasting platform um, for personalities, pro players, creative individuals that they get to stream their, you know, their video games or, or what they're creating or the personalities on, on a platform called Twitch where people can tune in and, and ultimately watch what they're doing. So it, it would be like what your father or even yourself would go and, and you would watch like in, you know, an NHL game of the Toronto Maple Leafs and you'd watch all the players playing. Well, there's a massive demographic and market that are watching professional players or very entertaining individuals while they're playing video games. And, and you might seem that that's silly, but uh, it, it's a massive market um, that allows, you know, uh, another window for you to see how uh, these individuals are, are practicing and competing at a very high level. Sure, and you can you can either uh, improve your game based on watching these people, I would imagine, or you could work on strategies on, hey, this person, this is where uh, they their strengths don't lie, and this is where I see a loophole, a way in. Of course. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's a great thing to be able to, to watch one of, like, you know, someone that you look up to and say, hey, I didn't, you know, think about that's how something I could have approached on that map or, you know, learn of, of secrets and trade, you know, trade secrets and, and, and talents and, and really just determine, you know, hey, this is another way that I can get better at my game. So, and, and just to go back to your other point about the coaches and managers, mm-hmm. once again, we, we've deployed gamer houses as well, uh, both in Canada and the U.S. What's a gamer house? So that's where we would put in an entire team that would boot camp during an entire pro league. So a pro league can run anywhere from, one month to, to three or four months typically. So we would have an entire team into a house. They would, you know, live together, room together, practice together. They would do, you know, things outside of the house together. They would travel to the event together. So it's just another way for, you know, and, and a coach and a, and a manager to be deployed into that house. So as much as you get that one-on-one time online when you're not in a gamer house, you know, situation for many organizations, there's many organizations that do deploy a gamer house uh, they do, you know, brand and, and co-brand with sponsors and non-endemic companies, and, and they, you know, they stream on Twitch 24-7, and, 
And once again, they utilize coaches and managers to ultimately uh, enable themselves to be more successful for that pro league as well. All like right. We're like doing with the H1Z1 pro league. The, the burning question is who buys the Doritos for the gamer house? That's right. Uh, yeah, there, there's always some uh, some very late night Walmart runs. Sure. Um, to to go buy some uh, some fuel, but once again, that's you know. Charlie, obviously, uh, obviously, I'm having fun with you, but you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people that you know. I'm sure gamers employ. Hey, they're uh, helping out with the uh, Uber Eats and Uber. Uh, you know, the the apps, the food apps. I'm sure you got to get your food in there while you're training. Do you consider Do you consider yourself an athlete? And I I don't mean that as a loaded question. I mean I think it's very interesting to talk to someone who's in your field because it's it's kind of illuminating for the rest of us who you know look at at it as playing video games. Yeah, it, it's a great question, and to be fair, Kelly, I think that's going to be something that's going to be debated probably for the next 50 years still. Um, and I kind of relate that back to, you know, to chess. You know, a lot of people believe that, that chess is, isn't, uh, you know, an athlete's game or a sport or anything like that, but a lot of uh, times that that's always been, you know, considered about being implemented into the Olympics as well. But um, I, I'm not considered an athlete because I'm just an owner and I'm, I'm more of a guy just uh, with, with the mindset, but... Um, yeah, 100%. I believe that our pro players are, are individuals that are athletes. You know, there's individuals that have competed at X Games before and, and have won gold medals and silver and bronze and all that. Um, I, I understand that they're, they're looking at implementing this uh, into 2024 for the Olympics as well. And um, these are individuals that put in, you know, at the very least, most times, you know, often than not, uh, anywhere between 12 to 18-hour days. Um, and, uh, and once again, these are, you know, you have to stay sharp. You have to be acute, you know, and, you know, uh, just once again, just, uh, your, your reflexes, um, you have to be mentally prepared and sharp and, and it, it seems crazy, but once again, it, it's such a, a, a physical fatigue as well. So, you know, these are individuals that have, you know, back injuries, wrist injuries, finger, thumb injuries, and, you know, people can develop carpal tunnel, so once again, these are these are things that you see within a manufacturing plant or or even in common day sports. Um, and once again, these are these are issues that impact several gamers because they are competing at a very high level. It's very intense. It's stressful. So there there is mental fatigue and, and it is a war of attrition a lot of times within pro leagues and against your competitors. So. Mental and physical are are definitely there. A few listeners commented on this, and they said that, you know, a lot of professional gaming organizations require their players to do some level of physical activity every day. Are you finding that? Yeah, so it's even something that we're we're looking into because we we really want to have health and wellness uh, within our organization. So as much as we always want to bring in, you know, strong characters with great personalities and, and, and great people, um, we also want to make sure that we're taking care of their their health and their wellness, and and that's not just physically, but but mentally. And so once again, like we're we're even you know confidentially, but not because I'm mentioning to you, but you know with the gamer houses per se, you know we we want to look at you know bringing in you know a mattress company like a um, you know Sleep Country Canada mm. and make sure that they're getting proper sleep. We're we're looking at you know non endemic companies like a Good Life or or another company LA Fitness or something of that nature, you know that once again we can implement our players when they have a day off or or you know want to take time and you want to make sure you take care of your players. I gotta I gotta unfortunately I'm at a clock here and John Oakley's waiting to take over next. But do you think the Olympics need esports or do esports need the Olympics? Which is it? Uh, 
yeah, I, I don't believe the esports needs the Olympics. Um, once again, it's it's why you're even seeing you know NBA and NFL and MLB and NHL all getting into sports because they're trying to get younger demographics. They're trying to get younger with their audiences, and they're trying to figure out new ways to push content and and, and have people involved. And I think the same thing happens with the Olympics. It's no secret right now that a lot of people are cutting the cord and not watching TV or reading newspapers, and more people are at their PCs and desks and on their phones and. And once again, it's a younger demographic and a younger, you know, generation right now. And, and I, I think it's a great mix between both sides, but I really do believe that it's more them needing esports than esports needing them. We're going to progress and evolve regardless. Um, but once again, I think it's, it's a delicate balance, and I think it's a mutually beneficial thing for both sides. Charlie, it's been interesting talking to you today. I thank you so much for your time. Excellent. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. Charlie Watson, owner and CEO of Set to Destroy X. It's uh, an esports company.